Good day, everyone. Welcome to our Arts One podcast. Now, I first recorded this podcast back in, I think, August of 2020. Um, at that time, we were five months into the quarantine, and we were preparing for the first semester of online classes. I do remember the preparation was very disorienting and stressful. Um, but now we are approaching almost a year into quarantine. Although sometimes I still feel disoriented, uh, I do miss face-to-face classes. And I feel kind of sad, actually, that I wasn't able to meet my students last semester. And I probably won't recognize them if I see them on campus. Uh, The same thing is probably going to happen for this semester, um, which is, you know, just uh, sad, really. Uh, I do miss seeing students and their faces in class every time they understand something or their faces when they're confused, which also sometimes happens. Uh, Now, these podcasts are meant to orient you to the readings in the course. So you can listen to them on your phone or in your laptop. Uh, You can also download them in advance. Uh, Since we are doing remote learning, bulk of the process uh, of studying would be self-directed but also we don't want to just throw a bunch of readings at you and expect you to make sense of everything and make connections between these readings Uh, the idea for these podcasts is to guide you as you go through these readings yourself so in our first module we actually have two episodes Um, I think this is the heaviest module in terms of the number of things uh, you have to go through. But I hope you bear with me for a bit because it's important that we sort of give you a broad overview of how we are going to look at art in our class. So the main question we have right now is how do we approach the study of art? How do we tackle a domain that for a lot of people is very personal and subjective? What are the disciplinal frames or perspectives that we can use to help us through this course? One important thing we have to remember is that we should strive to be aware of our position. What lens are we using to reflect upon or interrogate particular topics? So in this first episode, we are going to try to give you the lay of the land, a kind of overall guide on how we are going to approach specific modules in the future. In this episode, we talk about the reading keynotes, shifts and turns in art studies 1959 to 2010. And here, uh, Professor Datuin, who is a professor in art studies, presents the early approaches used in teaching Humanities I, the precursor of Arts I. She mentions the phrase great works uh, in the reading, which clues us on the focus of Humanities I, which is the study of the canon. The canon are the works regarded as universally beautiful. Students in the past were trained to develop particular sensibilities 
in engaging with the canon on how to correctly interpret, perceive, and understand them. So there is a particular training, uh, a correct way uh, of regarding the canon, at least from the perspective of Humanities one at that time. But this perspective would change later on. In the late 80s and early 90s, for instance, uh, there was a move towards a more nationalist lens and body of research that would include the artistic and cultural forms in the country um, that was excluded uh, in the canon. This shift built on earlier developments in the 70s, which highlighted a more contextual and interdisciplinary approach, wherein the human agent, us humans, uh, were increasingly seen um, not only as individuals, but as part of larger social-cultural structures. So this is where we're coming from. Uh, this critique of the canon, uh, moving away from the canon, is foundational to our approach of the arts. Uh, we do not subscribe anymore to the idea that there is just a select group of beautiful objects, uh, most of which are from Western societies that we should appreciate correctly and that shall impart to us certain universal truths about the human condition. Um, and I'm sure you won't be surprised that given this position, that the types of works that we can talk about has considerably, considerably broadened. Uh, and I find that students now, nowadays are more accepting of this fact. Uh, they are more open to the idea of considering, for instance, street art or, or digital works in social media, everyday objects, as things from which we can have an aesthetic experience. The Tuin first introduces the idea of art as construct. And in this way, she is trying to demystify and de-romanticize art. Why are some works considered as art with a capital A and some are not? Where does the value or worth of an artwork come from? Value referring to not just price, but how we, we regard certain objects uh, over others as manifested through how we talk about them, talk about their importance, how we display them, and so on. Uh, for example, why is an Amorsolo painting valued higher than, say, a parole from Pampanga? Is it because Amorsolo is famous or because Amorsolo's works are paintings made of oil paint on a canvas and paroles are three-dimensional functional objects uh, displayed not on museums but out on the streets? What this tells us is that the value of a work is not context-free. It is not essential and innate, but rather it is constructed. It is rooted and developed from contested hist histories and contexts. Uh, the history of fine arts in the country, how it was introduced, how it was assimilated, how it evolved, uh, what institutions are associated with the arts, what art forms and skills do these institutions uphold? And also, what 
do these institutions exclude what are their blind spots? And that art historical context uh, is also entangled with larger historical and con colonial contexts of the Philippines uh, with the movement of people and ideas from Europe to Asia or Asia to Europe from the 1600s to the 1900s. In other words, we have to be aware of the larger social, historical, economic, and ideological landscapes to understand, discuss, or sometimes even question uh, why an Amar Solo is valued more than the parole. The value of a work on whether it is art or not, on whether it is good art or not, is a contested claim. And it is a claim that springs forth from the institutions and contexts of art. While we take into account that institutions shape what is considered as art, this doesn't really explain how we experience and understand works. I like to talk about the next two key frames together because I feel that these two are the main foci we have in our course. On one hand, sense-based and bodily engagement with the arts, and on the other, the idea of art as discourse of having certain significations. So first of all, we come into the idea of art as aesthetic performance. And this brings into consideration the body and the everyday as context for artworks. Having questioned the canon, we also try to question the idea of the aesthetic experience as primarily a cognitive affair. We refuse this dichotomy between the body and the mind, favoring a more holistic perspective. So we also try in this course to highlight the senses, embodiment, danas, dama, affect, emotions. This leads to a rethinking of aesthetic experience or aesthetic ple pleasure derived from an encounter with an object or a process, while also rethinking the kinds of objects which elicit these sensations. So in this course, we recognize that aesthetic and artistic experiences and contexts occur in the everyday and as much as they are also present in places where we expect them to be, such as museums, galleries, cinemas, concerts, and so on. But art is also a form of discourse. Uh, it is part of a signifying system of cultural knowledge. Our encounter with an artwork is shaped not only by our senses, but it also promotes particular ideas and values. And our appreciation is further deepened or diluted by the values and ideas that works espouse. So, for example, the idea of art as discourse and signifying system would allow us to ask questions like, why is it that a lot of paintings by European masters feature nude women in passive positions? Or maybe why is it that certain movies and video games linger or zoom in on parts of women's bodies? What ecology of images do they create and what values do they uphold? What kind of discourse do these works justify? So art objects can be nodes of reflection for certain ideas or dispositions. They can challenge, critique, 
or justify particular values. As such, we can consider art objects as included in this entire discursive system of ideas, worldviews, and affects. And we can argue about these ideas and worldviews, accept some views, and reject others. In other words, we are trying to move past the idea of art as revealing universal truths. Next, we also see art as part of social history. So the form, the content, the context of a work is reflective of the history of particular uh, social periods, what was happening at that time. Uh, consider, for instance, the various illustrations or digital images created by artists in social media, which wasn't really possible a few decades ago. When we talk about the form, of those works, we talk not just of the shapes, colors, textures of the work, um, but we also consider that it, it is also a digital image of a certain scale, a certain resolution, and created using digital softwares in a laptop or computer. It is also of a certain file format that can be uploaded on an online environment and then viewed in different screens. So that form itself is a product of the developments we had in technology. The same can be said of oil painting in the past. The development of oil paint is also part of material history. It's, it's also a kind of technology. And also the same can be said of various art forms that will also sprout in the future. Uh, the shapes, their content, their colors, their textures, they... They, those things will be made possible by whatever technology is developed prior and on that very moment. So the content of a work is reflective of a particular standpoint born from the artist's personal experience, the social, culture, social cultural context uh, where the artist belongs, and the particular period in history um, in which the artist was born. So there are a lot of online works coming out now that pertain, for example, to the current pandemic we have. Interpretation of the content uh, can also be affected by the period in which the work is being viewed. So just imagine how, for example, memes, which is very dependent on popular digital uh, culture and um, current trends, will be understood in the future. And finally, context is not just the background or the backdrop or the historical period. Rather, context actively shapes what kinds of works we can create and consume. Our ability to create and view uh, digital illustrations, for example, is affected by our context of being a third world country where internet connectivity is not as available and widespread. And finally, when we talk about the arts, we always try to imbue criticality in theory and pedagogy. So all these uh, questioning of biases and dominant values 
translate into an attitude of criticality towards present-day concerns. We recognize that art is not this rarefied region divorced from everyday social and political issues. Recent intellectual strands in the arts have diverged into directions that are of interest to the public, from popular and digital culture, social media, the development of public spaces and urbanization, gendered representations, and so on. Now, I want you to remember, remember um, at least from our perspective, that the attitude we should take in any intellectual discipline, uh, particularly in the arts and the, the humanities, is not simply in finding out uh, definite answers to questions, but also it's important to see what are the questions that we should be asking and what are the ways in which we can answer these questions, whose biases or interests are we affirming and rejecting when we ask the questions we ask. All right, this concludes our first podcast for this module. I hope it gave you an idea of the kinds of perspectives or lens which we will be employing for the rest of the semester. You may immediately read through the essay after this podcast, or you may skim through it first uh, and read in depth at your own time. Uh, we don't really have to go into detail with the Tatooine essay. It's a bit long, but it's good that we have an idea of its contents because it is a, a very comprehensive orientation on the position of art studies uh, that we have in the University of the Philippines. So after um, going through the reading or this podcast, you may go to the study guide in your course pack or ouvle to see the discussion prompt or activities that you have to do. And finally, I'm looking forward to hearing from you in our forums.